0: Not out as long as I wanted to be, but did, was able to get out briefly this afternoon. Um, As we begin, how many grandparents do we have in the room? My hand can't go up on that yet. Uh, well, happy Grandparents' Day. I somehow didn't have my head in the game this morning and did not even realize until I was scrolling social media this afternoon that it's Grandparents' Day, and so um, i got to get a message to my mom and dad later uh, tonight or I'll be in trouble. And No, I really won't, but uh, I do want to recognize that with them because uh, grandparents are great. and You get to play with those grandkids, teach them bad stuff, and then send them home, right? Isn't that what y'all do? Uh, if you've got your Bible, you might want to open it to the Book of Daniel. Uh, our small group study sheet this this week is on Daniel. the The title is "Dare to Be a Daniel." And one of the reasons we like this guy is he is the no compromise guy. He is put in a tough situation and Daniel says, I'm not going to compromise my faith. And, and so we look up to him. We, we, we hold him in high regard because of that. And as we start, and I'm not going to keep you a long time, but think in terms of our lives, where we're, where we're going to work, Um, maybe some going to school or or whatever the situation may be, there are going to be those times in life where we're asked, for whatever reason, maybe to compromise our integrity. You know, hopefully it doesn't happen, but it could be a a boss at work asking uh, one of us to cut a corner. You know, cut this corner, it'll save us some money, it'll save us... I don't know if you listen to podcasts, but I was listening to one just recently... And it had to do with the the new car industry and some of what went on years ago, uh, where, you know, one of the reasons there was a lot of problems with American-made cars was because of a lot of what was going on in some of the factories where corners were being cut and integrity wasn't there. And they talked about some of the things that went on to try to restore integrity. Um, Got some rental property, and so sometimes people want to rent a place, And they'll come to you and they fill out an application. And then, as they hand you the application, they'll say something like, Now, I've had a little trouble with the utility department. I I owe them some money. And so, if we do a lease, could, uh, you know, I'm going to be living here, but could I also put mama on the lease? They want to cut a corner because they've got a problem over here. Well, no, we can't put mama on the lease because mama's not leasing the apartment. And, you know, so no, we're not going to do that. More recently in the news, and probably in all of our minds in some way, is a a woman named Kim Davis up in Kentucky. She's got this job where she is the probate judge, and somebody, people of the same sex come in wanting a marriage license, and, and Kim Davis... Decides not to issue that license and decides that she'll go to prison because of that. And so that's been very much in the news and very much on our minds. And so she makes this decision not to compromise. Well, let's think about Daniel a little bit. He is hes one of these guys, the Bible tells us, he's a young man. He's verse 4 of Daniel 1 in whom there was no defect, who were good-looking, showing intelligence in every branch of wisdom, endowed with understanding and discerning knowledge, and has the ability to serve in the king's court. He is a guy, he's blessed. And, And he ends up, as the outline, if you happen to pick one up this past week... He becomes preeminent among the children of Israel. He becomes preeminent uh, among the wise men of Babylon. He becomes preeminent uh, over all of Babylon, and then he even is bestowed uh, with with power over the Medan Persian Empire, Medo Persian, excuse me, Empire. And he's got integrity. And so part of what we want to think about in these few minutes that we have tonight is to look at some of what allowed him to be successful. And as we get into this, I want you to notice Daniel chapter 1 verse 8 because you understand what's going on here. Judah has been captured by Nebuchadnezzar, and so these young men, Daniel is one of them that is pulled out, and he's going to be going through a three-year training program to then serve in the court of the king, King Nebuchadnezzar. And so verse 8 says, "...but Daniel made up his mind that he would not defile himself with the king's choice food or with the wine which he drank." So as, as they get into this, and this training program's beginning, Daniel realizes very quickly that there's some things that he's going to be asked to do that don't square up with what he believes his relationship should be with God. And so he made up his mind. That's a great statement. Uh, some translations, and you may have one there, uh, say that he purposed in his heart. In other words, uh, Dennis Jones, our president, he's spoken here. You know President Jones. One of the things he'll talk about a lot is the idea that when things happen in life, you've got to get your mind right. And in one way, you could say that's what's going on in verse 8. Daniel is getting his mind right. In other words, he made up his mind how much more successful would we be in our walk with God if we could consistently live out this idea that I'm going to make up my mind and then I'm going to live that out. Because sometimes I make up my mind and then I compromise on my own decision, right? And then I'm not living the way I know I need to live. And so he makes up his mind that he's not going to defile himself with the king's choice food. But in doing that... He's not going to do that as what I would call being a jerk. In other words, you know, he could stand up and he could, he could raise his hand and say, I'm not going to do this. And he could very quickly end up in prison. But see, he's got what the Bible says. Well, verse 9 says, Now God granted Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the commander of the officials. When we build relationships with people... When we build Christian relationships with people, when we conduct ourselves like Jesus would with people, it will put us in a position where when it comes time to stand up and to say there are some things I cannot do, what Daniel attempts to do because of his relationship is to function, uh, play within the, the rules or play the game without you know, causing a big problem. He says in verse 9, Now God God granted Daniel favor and compassion in the sight of the commander of the officials. And the commander of the officials said to Daniel, I'm afraid of my lord and king who has appointed your food and your drink. For why should he see your faces looking more haggard than the youths who are your own age? Then then you would make me forfeit my head to the king. Verse 8, and and I skipped the part I intended to read, the second part of verse 8. It says, So he sought permission from the commander of the officials that he might not defile himself. You know, he went, to the, he went to the guy in charge and said, listen, I don't, I, I'd, I'd rather not do this. Is there a way around this? Could we, could we make this happen without me having to put myself in a position that compromises my relationship with God? There's wisdom in that. You know, sometimes if we will go and be positive and if we'll go and try to uh, try to work within the relationships that we have, we can make some progress. And so... The guy comes back in the way that you might expect him to. You know, if if something goes wrong here, if I don't do my job, and if you uh, end up not being healthy because I didn't do my job, it's going to cost me my life. And so in verse 11, Daniel says to the overseer, um, then verse 12, Please test your servants for ten days. Give us ten days. And let us be given some vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then let our appearance be observed in your presence and the appearance of the youths who are eating the king's choice food and deal with your servants according to what you see. And so this guy, he's he's willing. There's a relationship there. So he listened to them in this matter and tested them for ten days. At the end of ten days, their appearance seemed better. And, And they were fatter than all the youths who'd been eating the king's choice food. And so the overseer continued to withhold their choice food and the wine they were to drink and kept giving them vegetables. And then the Bible says that God continues to bless them. And so there's a lesson there, I believe. Let's, we think in terms of making up our minds, but then let's work within the relationships that we have. So when we need to stand up and stand for truth, we can still stand up as Christians and try to make progress in that way. The other thing that our study talks about tonight is this idea that Daniel was a man of, of purpose. He did make his mind up and his purpose was, and, and no matter what I do, I'm going to serve God. And, and later on in the book of Daniel, there is that case where uh, Cyrus comes through and, and he makes the decree that, that I am the only one that you'll bow down to. And, and that's when Daniel had to not go along with that. And Dan, Daniel prayed to his God and, that's when trouble erupted because of that. But our outline says that no one respects a wishy-washy person. Someone that has no direction in their lives. We don't tape these, do we? On the, the small group, do we tape this? I'm going to talk about my daughter for a minute. She was dating a guy. He seemed to have no direction in part. We can cut that out? Good. I, maybe she won't listen. But but she was dating a guy for a while, and he wasn't disrespectful or anything like that, but he just didn't seem to have any real direction or purpose. He was just kind of, well, she doesn't date him anymore, and I'm kind of happy about that. But nobody respects a wishy-washy person. When we think about purpose, and we kind of got into this discussion a little bit this morning in our morning Bible class talking about direction and purpose, and, you know, one of the comments was made, you know, sometimes I I struggle with what the purpose of my life is supposed to be. And you've got to always come back to Jesus. And, and if you go over to Matthew chapter 6, we can be reminded very quickly about some of what Jesus said in, in defining purpose. The, the scripture that's in our lesson notes for tonight comes out of Matthew chapter 6 verse 33, where the Bible says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. And that comes out of the you must serve God or stuff, you can't ride the fence, you've got to make a choice seek first His kingdom. And so yes, that's part of our purpose. But then Jesus said a lot of other things. And then there are a lot of other things said about Jesus that really help hone in on His purpose. Think about Matthew chapter 20. Uh, the inner circle, they've been arguing about who's going to be first and who's going to be preeminent in the kingdom. And in verse 25... The Bible says, this is Matthew chapter 20, Jesus called them to himself and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their great men exercise authority over them. It is not this way among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. Whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave. And then he says this, Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give His life a ransom for many. He keeps trying to teach these guys through His example. It's not about being where you sit in the kingdom, and it's not about having this great authority. It's about being a servant. And He says, oh, by the way... That's what I came to do. And and one way we drive that home, uh, turn over to 1 Peter chapter 2. And Lord willing, next Sunday night, we'll be noticing, and and for several weeks, we'll take some lessons out of 1 Peter and then move into 2 Peter. But in 1 Peter chapter 2, notice verse 21 and, and the verses that follow. Peter writes, For you've been called for this purpose. Since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow in His footsteps. There's a powerful statement in that verse. Since Christ also suffered for you. In other words, when I read about Rough days for Jesus during his ministry, rough days for Jesus while on this earth. When I read about those things, one of the constant reminders should be, Jesus went through that for me. And so, what Peter's trying to remind some Christians of, some Christians who are actually going to do some suffering, you've been called for this purpose. Because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow in his steps. And then notice what he starts saying about the the example that Jesus left, who committed no sin. Well, I can't do that one. I can try to live right, and I can try to minimize the sinful activity in my life, but I'm never going to get down that road of committing no sin. Can't be perfect. But I can model my life after him to the best of my ability committed no sin nor was any deceit found in his mouth what if we could get away with being the people who never said the wrong thing man if i could get that one ra- if i could wrap that one up that would be huge james 3 you know talks about if you can tame the tongue boy you've you've done a lot in fact i think he says nobody can do that who committed no sin nor was any deceit found in his mouth And while being reviled, He did not revile in return. While suffering, He uttered no threats, but kept entrusting Himself to Him who judges righteously. And He Himself bore our sins in His body on the cross, so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by His wounds you were healed. For you were continually straying like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls." So what's my purpose? Well, my purpose is to live like Jesus. To embrace what He wants in my life. And does that mean I might suffer sometimes? Well, it does mean I might suffer sometimes. It might mean that I stand up and I say that I'm not going to compromise my integrity. And it might leave me in a job search at some point. Because I'm not going to compromise my integrity. I'm not going to cut that corner that my boss said that I've got to cut. But really, when you think about it, see, I don't think most of our decisions to not compromise are going to involve prison or not prison. You know, this decision's prison or not prison. I don't think most of our decisions to either compromise or not compromise are going to be, I have a job or I don't have a job. See, I think a lot of what it comes down to are those little day to day things that build a track record in our lives where do people just know that we're honest? Did people know that when they entrust us with something, they know that it's going to be done right and they know that we're not going to cut that corner and they know that they're not going to have to check up on us because they, they know that if they've put that in our hands, they can count on the idea that we've made up our minds that we're going to do things the right way. Because again, that's what we're really being called to tonight. If I could leave you with one thing, it's this idea from Daniel chapter 1 verse 8, but Daniel made up his mind that he would not defile himself. And there are a lot of ways that we can do that. It's Today it's not in the food that we eat. But it may be in the decisions that we make. When I read Daniel chapter 1 verse 8, it makes me think of James chapter 1. And this is the verse that I'll leave you with tonight. And it's very familiar with you. For those of us who preach, we like verses that lend themselves to three-point sermons. And this verse is one of those... Pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their distress, and to keep oneself unstained by the world. Keep ourselves spotless, as it were, making up our minds that to the very best of our abilities, within our human limitations, we're going to try to not defile ourselves. I'm thankful for Daniel and I'm thankful for his example. And I'm thankful that we serve a patient God. The the, the God who, while I'm trying to live like Daniel and I'm trying to follow Jesus, that when I do make those mistakes and when I do compromise and when I don't get it right, there is this God of mercy who as I continue to walk in the light, His blood continues to cleanse me from all sin and I'm thankful for that. Albert's picked out a song of encouragement tonight, a song of invitation. And one of the blessings of coming back together as family in the evening is we extend the Lord's invitation. It's this idea that as family, if there's something amiss in my life, as family we pray for each other. And so if you're here tonight and you have a spiritual need, if there's something going on in your life, if you're in a valley, uh, if you need prayers for strength, if you need to rededicate your life and restart your walk with God... We can pray with you and for you. Maybe you're here tonight and for whatever reason you're here and you're not a Christian. See, what I would love for us to do is to all move down there to the front, move down there to the stage, as was done last Sunday night, and see you born into the kingdom of God, if that's what you need to see happen tonight. If you have a need while he leads us, let's stand and sing the song that's been selected. Shackle by.